podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the UCL Fantasy Podcast. On the eve of uh, fantasy football, UCL fantasy football being back, we're here to tell you uh, the best picks, the best goalkeepers, the best defenders, the best midfielders, best forwards, our plans, our captaincy, our differentials, our team reveals, everything you need to know as you look at your team. Hopefully, uh, we're going to be able to answer. So we're going to do all of that on the UCL Fantasy Podcast. So, fellas, let's go through match day three. Um, very exciting. Match day three and four for those, just to remind everyone, they mirror each other. So every fixture is the same, but there's a home fixture and then an away fixture or an away fixture and then a home fixture. They just swap. So you can, that's why a lot of people this week have chosen to wildcard into match day three and four because they can just look at them as a block of two fixtures and pick um, players and they'd always be playing the same team in both. But anyway, Lewis, let's start with you. We're going to go through, um, let's start with best goalkeepers. Who are the best goalkeepers for match day three? If anyone's wildcarding, if anyone's limitlessing, if anyone's just looking to change one of their keepers, who are the people we should be looking for? Well, it's, it's, it's probably been, um, it's, it, one thing I found is clean sheets seem quite rare, or at least it feels, I'm not too sure if you guys agree. When you look at the fixtures, you I just can't see many clean sheets, especially on the Tuesday anyway. So for the Tuesday, I think, Gone for the standard um, Jan Sommer, and he is one of the one of the goalkeepers we could have. He's still four point five million, hasn't risen in price, which I was slightly surprised about. I'm surprised as well. Is that just because so many people had him at the start? No, it's because he didn't keep a clean sheet, and the price rises haven't happened yet for the next round. There you go. It's never going to get a price rise. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You could have said it a little bit less like, you flipping no, idiots. No way. No you know. way. We're, bringing the, we're bringing the heat now after you were giving it the bigger in the last episode. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm here. Look, I'm, I'm taking you both on. Right, carry on, Lewis. I love it. I, I guess I'm still surprised it's price tagging general, to be honest. Uh, I just think 4.5 million for the inter, um, for the inter goalkeeper. I think it's just, um, it's just, a, it's just great, isn't he? There's another one that I wanted to pick out, and that's Alex Romero. Romero, another um, name massacred there. Dan probably knows how to say it. But yeah, he's uh, he is the Real Sociedad goalkeeper. He's four million, and they played Benfica next at home, who are yet to score in the Champions League, which I find quite surprising and a little bit not. Um, I suppose they've sold a lot of key players. They're really well domestically, um, but yeah, just not. They just haven't got started in the in the Champions League yet. So I think those two mainly on the Tuesday for me. In terms of the Wednesday, you've you've got a few more um, potentially. You've got the likes of Testegen at Barcelona. Barcelona looking pretty strong in the Champions League. Two clean sheets and two. Playing Shakhtar Donetsk, 5.5 though, maybe a little bit pricey. But I suppose if you're looking for safe clean sheets, he's, he's probably one of the best plays, that, plays to make. Another one could potentially be Yanis Blaswich. Um, he is the Leipzig goalkeeper. They are, they are playing Karena Schwester again, another one that Dan can say perfectly. Red Star Belgrade. Let's just say Red Star Belgrade. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. So he, he plays at home, um, and I, I just feel like Leipzig 
could potentially keep a clean sheet there. He's only cheap. He's 4.5 million as well. So I've only picked out four goalkeepers this week. Um, I'm not entirely convinced by them. I'm not too sure what Dan um, has to say on that one. Yeah, I mean, I think I I, I totally agree with Testegan, totally agree with uh, Summer. I'd also say you could probably put in, I mean, oh my God, I can't believe Max. I, I wouldn't actually do this, but you've asked for goalkeepers. Jan Oblak, he, he had a bit of a nightmare just before the international break, but he's got Celtic twice. Uh, so I mean, it's a bit of a left field pick if if you wanted to double up on Dan. Can you can you answer for me? Because obviously historically, you know, Atletico Madrid have been known for their mean defence and like just going for a one nil and that sort of thing. And Oblak over the last few seasons has been expensive, but but you know, someone that you'd go for. Is that still the case? Atletico Madrid still the same team? They've gone off the radar a bit since they won La Liga, and I think they had a poor season last season, did they? But are they still the defensive machine they always have been? No, they aren't, but they are better than they were last year. Last year was a real, real surprise at just how bad they were. They've been they've been better. They seem to have um, really improved just the personnel and defence more than anything else. And although, like I say, just before the international break, they conceded two really cheap and early goals in their last La Liga game. They're both Jan Oblak's fault, but that's not to say he's not an absolutely quality goalkeeper. Of course he is. Every single player on planet Earth has a bad game every once in a while. Um, You could even, if you you don't want to be playing um, Pep Roulette, you might want to go for Edison. But I honestly think, a little part of me thinks that once they're sorted, he'll be get rotated out because it's just something that Pep would do to spite every single fantasy football player. Uh, that that there is. Um, I I agree with Lewis so much that I think genuinely I go Jan Summer and then spend as little money as possible for for the goalkeeper on the other day. Like you want four four and a half million goalkeepers. Just he's right. Yeah. I, it's so hard to predict where clean sheets are coming from, and unless they're going to save a pen. Or if you Providell score a goal, which we can't map these things. We can't say, oh, you know what, this this goalkeeper's due to save a pen or this goalkeeper's due to score a goal. It's insane. Because we can't do anything like that. You're going to get lucky or you're not. And I just think for the the value that you're getting, there's not loads of saves to be made from certain goalkeepers. You could even go Nick Pope. He makes a ton of saves. And against Dortmund, uh, even though we're at home and then away, I, like I, I still think he's a keeper that can make loads of saves. So you might want to go with Nick Pope. But I think my overriding opinion on the situation is: do not invest heavily in goalkeepers. Mm. I think one okay. one thing worth mentioning that is yeah, go um, on, Lewis. Dimitri, it's, it's just Dimitro, isn't it? Obviously, you look at that second day; um, there just isn't many, you know, opportunities for clean sheets or. You know, and like Dan said, I think you're spending as little as possible on the goalkeeper. You you could even go down to Riznik. Now I know he's playing Barcelona, but I mean, the other goalkeepers more expensive might not do that well either. So I think if you're going to look to save money, I I don't hate the idea of having a decent goalkeeper in the first round and then Riznik yeah. in the second. Also, you're right, Lewis. If you go Riznik, fair enough. You're absolutely shafted for match day three. Let's be honest. Barcelona away on a Wednesday is not what you want. But after that, you've got two early fixtures on Tuesdays, which means that you can just play them and 
sub him out if he does not. And Barcelona at home could be could be a game where he gets lots of save points. That's a lovely risk. Barcelona at home. Then um, Antwerp at home. So, yeah, I, I think Riznik's a, a, a decent pick if you just get over the fact that you're not going to want him for match day three. Keepers, they've always been uh, tricky to sort of, you know, if you take FPL, for example, Fantasy Premier League, that some of you might play, some of you not, but, you know, spending as little as possible on playing goalkeepers is the thing. Champions League is a bit different, but Jan Sommer, as as Dan said, I think I agree, is so good that it doesn't really matter who your second one is. I've got um, Vellenreuther from Feyenoord, who has yeah. done all right. I, I kept him in one week. He got a clean sheet, got me eight points. Um but doesn't really matter. So there you go. There's the best goalkeepers. Let's. Who, who would be the ideal pair? Okay, we can't spend too long on goalkeepers. But would it be summer plus? Doesn't matter. Is that basically the point? I think so. Right. Yeah, I, I think I'd be quite happy, reasonably be happy with um, Riznik and Sommer. Although I, you know, you could you can even go for maybe Sommer and I don't know another. I agree player. with you, Ed. I think Valenreifer, although he's not a great goalkeeper, um, yeah. and Bilio will have to come back at some point for the time being. If you wanted to not have Riznik, I think Valenreifer um, and and your man Summer are probably probably going to be yeah. the best. Good, because that's what I'm going with. <laughs> but we'll talk yeah. about our teams later. Um, let's go to defenders. So who are the best defenders to look out for? What are the things we need to do? Oh, by the way, at the end of this, uh, those listening... We'll just go through a list of the players that we know are injured at this point in time. We are pre-recording this. But for example, you know, in the last podcast, we mentioned Lewandowski was injured. You might not have known that. I didn't know that. Um, but And and Osimhen, um and things like that. So we'll just go through some of them. But defenders, let's start with you, Dan. Best defenders for game week or match day, sorry, three. So we'll get it out of the way nice and early. Barcelona, Inter Milan. Make sure you've got one of each. Uh, now... You maybe don't want Christensen after he was back. I had Christensen last week. He didn't play, but I think he will play. I think he was just rested. But uh, as far as got, I can tell, uh, if you if you're going to use limitless or you've got loads yeah, of money, then obviously you're probably going to want Cancelo. But I'd go Kounde personally, just for his money. Uh, then you have. I think Kounde's injured, um, Dan. Has he got? Oh my goodness! Oi, oi, actually... oi. We're not doing injuries yet, and also yeah. Dan loves Kunde because he captured him last week. And got four points. <laughs> I had no yeah. idea he was injured. I... I think he's out for a few weeks. There's injuries oh. popping up. To be fair, in not in FPL but in UCL fantasy, there's injuries popping up all over the place. Lewandowski, oh, Pedri, Kunde, uh, just at Barca. That's just one team, and then Osimhen's gone. Oh, crikey! We'll come on to oh, that. I'm but anyway, carry on. Shakhtar, come on. <laughs> um, obviously, you've got the you've got the Inter Milan fullbacks. Pick your poison. You could possibly double up against Salzburg. They were not great in the last game with a two 0 defeat. But I, I, I definitely think you're going to want a Raum from Leipzig. You're not going to want Henriks because he's a doubt, and you don't want the headache for a four and a half million defender. But Raum against uh, Svenas Vesda is definitely definitely something that you should be considering. At 4.5 million. Obviously, he can get loads of points last week, but that's because, in his defense, he was playing against Manchester City. Now he's got a much, much easier fixture. Uh, so I think players like that are where you can go to. Um, those attacking fullbacks, I think, will will do us well. If you can guess um, who's going to play in centre back for Man United, unfortunately, 
it looks like um come on Reg- Johnny Evans uh, Regalon is out for a, a little while because at four million he was such a good pick. But now it's um it looks looking like you might have to go for a Varane, someone like that. I would stay clear of Bayern Munich uh defender. Say that again, sorry Ed. Uh Diego Dallo, is he a good pick or he's all right. He's, he's four and a half, is he? Four and a half? Four and a half? Five. Um, but is he is he is he fit? I'm sure half of, if you're oh. a fullback you for Man United, I'm sure you're injured. I don't know, but I've got to find out before the injury section later. So yeah, yeah sorry, carry yeah. on. <laughs> um, I think other than that, again, it's it's just looking at the same players that we've looked at over the last few weeks. I, I think now might be a time that you could bring in a Real Madrid defender if you were so inclined, because they've definitely picked up how they're playing. They're playing better in La Liga. I thought it was a really impressive win at Napoli, even though Napoli dominated many parts of that game. But, you know, they were in Naples. A double up against Braga feels instinctively... We didn't actually mention um, Kepa in goal, but Kepa could be a good goalkeeper as well. Obviously, Militao is still injured, but you've got other players to choose from. I'd probably stay clear of Carvajal purely for the fact that he he does get injured sometimes. So you, you probably just want to go with Antonio Rudiger and be done with it from that front. Uh, you could go Di Lorenzo still. I took him out on my wild card. Napoli are just conceding loads of goals. So you're going to require him to get an attack and return away in Berlin. That's up to you if you back that. I, I, I still think he's a. He's I actually a really fancy Berlin. I fancy Berlin in that, you know. I don't know why. I know, I know. Um, I just think that first fixture with. They're they're at home. They're not. Are they? They're not doing too badly in 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 the Bundesliga, are they? I haven't. I, I don't think I've checked. But Napoli without Osimhen. Berlin. I, I think they're doing absolutely terribly. I are they? Okay. Well, this is why I wanted to doing, ask the question. I think genuinely they're doing uh, horrifically. Are they? Well, I, I just noticed that Gosens has got four goals in seven league games from a wing back position. So he scored again since our last pod or two pods ago, where we said he scored three. He's scored four now. So yeah, they've um they've lost Union the. Berlin. The last five games in a row in the league. Oh, right, okay. Not 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 too well then. Okay. Fantastic. I'm so glad you two are here. But carry on. <laughs> so yeah, on to Robin Gorsons. it's not the game. if you've got Robin Gorsons, I would not want them against Napoli because you still fancy Napoli to score even without Victor Rossiman. Uh Newcastle United defenders, Dan Byrne, Fabian Share, they are both four and a half million, I think. And I Burns gone up to four point six. Has he? Well, we, I genuinely think we can keep a clean sheet against Borussia Dortmund at home. Hundred percent. After that, I'm less confident away to Dortmund, away to PSG. Back at uh, home but, against Milan, I think we can, seeing as we kept a clean sheet against them away. Yeah, I agree. By the skin um, of our teeth. And I think it's something that you're gonna have to accept for a four and a half million defender that you or four point six million in Dan Burns' case that you're not going to get loads of points. I think Fabian Scher is a great pick on the fact that he's going to get a price rise after getting, I think it was 11 points in the last game week. So he's someone that I think you should probably look at if you are looking for a Newcastle defender. I'd, I'd go Scher over Burn personally, if you were wanting one purely to, to nick that price rise. That's about it, really, I think, for defenders. Uh, defenders sort of fall into the same categories of goalkeeper at the minute. The good ones are injured or... um we don't expect them to keep many clean sheets. Things like um, Man City, for example, would be a great shout for a defender if you 
if you can successfully guess who's actually going to play, because I think John Stones is fit again now. And that just feels like an absolute nightmare. I just, I've said this in, in I think, two previous episodes, I've said the same thing. I just don't pick Man City players up other than Haaland. I just can't do it. You never know who's going to play. I mean, Alvarez, I was thinking the other day, should I get Alvarez? Because I'm, you know, thinking of doing a wild card. I was thinking, should I get Alvarez? I'm like, I don't know whether he's going to play. I just don't know whether he's going to play. And it just stresses me out beyond belief. He probably will play, but not going to do it. Lewis, defenders. Yes, I think Dan pretty much covered the defenders well there. The, you have to kind of look at the inter fullbacks, DeMarco, Dumfries. Dumfries having a slightly better season, but I suppose when you kind of take into account his um into his, his national form, you know, for the Netherlands, he's just such a beast for, for the Netherlands. And it's just a shame he can't always kind of translate that into his um into his club form. But he's he, again, he's still having a really good season, both are. So I think if you if you do go without Sommer, you could probably squeeze in um both of them. Um, but yeah, trying to decide which one is a, is is always going to be a bit of a nightmare because you could own Demarco and Dumfries score, and you could own Dumfries and Demarco score as well. So I can see that being a, an issue um, long term. But yeah, both great fullbacks. It's worth mentioning that Amir Ramani is is back for Napoli. Um, I've watched a lot of Napoli games; they aren't looking great, but I think with his return, I do think Napoli are going to shore up in defence, which for me makes Giovanni Di Lorenzo um, a better option and more safer option. Um, he's got four attacking returns uh, so far. He got an assist against England as well during the break. He's just a constant threat. And I've, I've again, I've watched both of the Napoli games um, and he's, he's genuinely such a threat. He's he just constantly in the box, nearly scoring. He should, he should have scored in the last match as well. He's just a, such a constant goal for at Di Lorenzo. It's insane how much he he gets into the box. So um, for me, Di Lorenzo is is still um, a lock in the wild card. Although a lot of people will go without him, I just think you know the return of the, the centre back is is um, is massive. He's only five point five, isn't he? It's not. It's not like he's six. Thing. I mean, you compare him to the, like Trippier, Hakimi. I just think point five for me personally. I know. You play Serie A fantasy like me, um, Ad, and he's, he's, he's just a great, great own. Um, Cancelo, again, Dan's already mentioned, he bowled against Bosnia um, during the international break. About that, he, he's got he's going to have a lot of confidence going into this game as well, I just think. Even for six minutes, I suppose with Koundé being out, I feel like it. you kind of have to go for Cancelo now because... The options aren't great without Koundé, in a sense. Well, I'll um, be honest, it, it pleases me because I, I, I've got Christensen even in my um, wildcard team. And if Koundé's out, Christensen will pretty much definitely... The issue with Christensen, Ed, Ed, is that he has stomachache a lot. And that was the reason he missed the last game. And for Chelsea, he actually missed the game because he got two fake. And he missed another game because he got a stomach bug. So Christensen is not a very good owner in wow. terms of like. Well, I'll keep it. Yes. I think this for this week. Seeing seeing as Kunde's injured, I feel like even if he has a stomachache, he'll get pushed out there. So there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's always been entertaining Christensen for stuff like that. But yeah, Dan mentioned Leipzig as well. Um, we've you have got the likes of Hein Heinrichs has been declared fit. Um, so for those that own him, probably wouldn't sell. Um, I need to kind of double check that. Obviously, we'll get more news closer to the to the uh, to the deadline. But if, I feel like if you've got Heinrichs, you keep him. 
Um, but if you haven't got any of them, again, Dan mentioned the standout is, is David Realm. Takes corners. He's so relentless with corners. I watched that first match and I swear he took about 50 corners. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and I owned Heinrichs and I was like, I wish I owned Realm. Mm. Um, he's just so relentless with corners. Yeah. Um, he's got, and he, he even had, uh, he even has four goal contributions this season as well. Also, I also like really like Trippier. Um, I know he's six Who? million. I've heard of it. And then we now have to start considering Newcastle assets, don't we? Surprise, you know? surprise, we're actually good. Yeah, thanks a lot, Lewis. Right, <laughs> carry on. Because, well, it's not that it's not the Newcastle look good. Well, they do. Oh, look beg good. your pardon. Well, you've you've kept five clean you've kept five clean sheets in the last seven matches in all competitions. Oh, I know. <laughs> and also, Dortmund have failed to score in both of their first matches, so things aren't looking good for Dortmund either. Um, in, in terms of, you know, the Champions League and European level. I just think Newcastle home, Trippier, takes corners, set-piece specialist. He's got six assists as well. Um, and I think all of them came in, what, the last five or six matches? Kieran um, Trippier is the best right-back. Hmm. He's ooh, in the top cool. three right-backs in the world at the moment. Yeah, yes. I think he's up there. I think he's he, definitely in the top three right-backs in the world, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one is potentially Molina at Atletico. Uh, you know, he's he, he seems to do well in terms of attacking returns. The only issue is, is kind of he does tend to get his, his minutes managed, which, you know, you don't really want. Um, an outside pick is probably Hartman. Um, he's now the he's now a mainstay in the Netherlands national side, um, kind of the left wing back. Uh, so the opposite to Dumfries, and um, he scored. Lewis, are we still he... talking about defenders? This is incredible. This list, we, this is. I mean, this is great. Keep going. How many more have you got? Just so I can you, tell my wife I'm not coming to bed. Oh, this is the last one. So Hartman's just an outside pick. If you fancied it, that's it. it. All good. Love it. Thank you. This is why we have you, Lewis. If it was just me, it would be a rubbish podcast because I just go this, this, this. Move on. This, this, this. Move on. You bring the granular detail, and Dan just laughs at us both. So that's great. Let's go to, in fact, do you know what? We'll take a break and we'll come back for midfielders, forwards, injuries. And then we've got our plans, captaincy, differentials. Loads to talk about still on the UCL Fantasy Podcast. We'll be back in a bit. Dan, talk to us about the ideal midfielders for match day three of UCL Fantasy. Jude Bellingham. Don't take him out again. Who's he? He's a youngster. You mate, he's, he's he's up and coming. Uh, you've, it's, I don't know whether you've he's heard of him. He's basically he's the older brother of a really good player that unfortunately plays for Sunderland. That's how you might have heard of him in the grapevine. I think. Do you know? Do you know what I'm quite proud of? Is that well, not proud, but everyone's known Jude, Jude Bellingham's been amazing for years at Dortmund. But now, now he's proper mainstream after going to Real Madrid. Yeah. Starting so well. And UCL fantasy players have known he's incredible for about two years now. We mentioned in our first podcast, I think maybe it was our second one when we picked teams or something, I don't know, how well he, how incredible he'd been at Dortmund in the Champions League last season and the season before. We'd all had him. And it's just nice to see... Well, he has gone to another level, I suppose, hasn't he? he is he yeah. the best midfielder in the world? Well, he is, isn't he? I think, I, think, so. yeah. I think he is, yes. Is he? Okay, but... second question. Everyone agrees that. All right. In terms of English fans, England fans, for us, is he the best talent we've had Since either A, ever, or Rooney 2004? 
four. I think Rooney t- that Rooney in two thousand and four for was the Euros unbelievable. Was a different, just an absolute. That was the best he ever was. Piece. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. From then on, it was downhill for England at least. Um, yeah, maybe he's Rooney from eighteen years old to a, to about that time. I don't know how old he was in that. You were was, yeah, I think it was 18, 17, 18. Yeah, yeah. It was outrageously. It was just ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so I think he's the best talent since, yeah. since Wayne Rooney. I don't think I've been ex- as as excited about an England player since... I remember everyone went mad about Rooney. His debut, I remember he was incredible. Then he went to Euro 2004 and he was the best player at the tournament. I think he got five goals, four goals. I think Lampard got five. I think he got four. Um, he was he just was the best since like Gaza in 1990 or something like yeah. made such impacts. Um, I don't know. I've since then we've him. had. I, I was excited. I was really excited about Deli Ali. No, I well I was excited, but not to the same levels as Bellingham and Rooney. Like you can you can name players like Theo Walcott. Oh, that was exciting! Wow, England at 16. Yeah, but not it just. Bellingham is just, he's the elite, elite level. Yeah, anyway, he's actual world class. He's actual if you don't have him, class. put your hands up if you don't have him uh, in your UCL fantasy team. Lewis, <laughs> by the way, has got his hand up. So there you go. The greatest player England have ever produced, Lewis doesn't have. Sorry, carry on, Dan. God, we've just gone on a massive tangent about Bellingham in England there, haven't we? We have, yeah, but it's mainly it. to just get a U. Um, carry on, Dan. I think a couple of other... A couple of other really good picks. We talked about this in the last pod. Galino against Antwerp on pens um, and Antwerp just not being very good at the moment. Plus, Antwerp are at home, which means they've got to come out a little bit. I don't think they can just put 10 men behind the ball against Porto. They're going to have to come out a little bit, and I think that's going to open things up for Porto. Sane against Galatasaray. Sane's Mr. Champions League. I know that he they didn't really play well against Copenhagen. I still don't fancy them to ever keep a clean sheet ever again until they sort the goalkeeping situation out. But they can still score goals. People took Marcus Thuram out, bless them. He's up against Salzburg in the the rich home. Oh, that's another player I took out. Say that again? It's another player I took out. Yep. Thankfully, I didn't um, for his ace points. Just, again, he's... I just think you want players like that. If you run a if you run a wild card, I'd recommend having um, an Arsenal midfielder, perhaps an Odegaard or a Saka. I think Odegaard will probably perform better over the two legs. I think Saka is likely to just perform better in that home game uh, when that one comes up. Equally, Man United. I think Bruno Fernandes for the next couple of weeks is a good pick against Copenhagen. Genuinely think he is. He's very, very expensive, unfortunately. What about Hoyland? Hoyland's a forward, so we'll talk about him. Oh, yes, sorry. (laughs) But also, yes, Ed, Hoyland. Um, He would definitely come into the conversation when we do get on to the forwards. So I think there's a few midfielders. I think what I've been doing is talking about too many midfielders and then I take away from who Lewis wants to speak about. So I don't want to go into... Into two That's all right. Uh, a little, another little one I'd say is um, is Veerman at PSV. I think he's a good pick uh, against uh, a double up against Long. And what and why is he good? And particularly, why are you targeting Long when they just beat Arsenal last week or whatever it was? Uh, well, I, 
I just think well, he's seven million. He scores quite a lot of goals. He did get moved to a holding midfield role. Was is the change tactics? But um, he's back into just playing in centre midfield again. Um, I I think PSV will do better at home. I do appreciate they've got Lons away this week, but I think coming up, obviously for wild cards, you're looking at long term play. This group, the PSV Arsenal group, obviously with Sevilla and Lon in there. If you're if you're wild carding, this is a group that you want to target because all of these teams will be fighting to the bitter death. This isn't a rotation group anymore because Arsenal got beat. So I think that any player in this group is worthy of your time to do a little bit of research on. And I just think Veerman's a, a, a good a, a pick as any from from PSV in terms of not Luke De Jong. <laughs> nice, um, Lewis midfielders. Yeah, so I'm not going to kind of go over it. I go over them all, but I think you know the likes of Sane. You know, he he's just has to be in right. Marcus Taram, his price, our position, nine attacking returns already this season. Again, easy inclusion. The likes of Bruno Saka also um, noted down. Um, Javicha, Kvart Shelia, and 9.5 million could potentially play a more advanced role without Ossiman. So just, just just to um, mention. Kvara Shelia, however you pronounce it. Um, he's back now, because I remember the last time I think we mentioned him, we were saying don't get him in game week one because he's been injured, but he's back now and he's back with a bang. Is that right? More of a Catherine wheel than a bang. Didn't he, didn't um, he have two assists, two assists in his first game back, Lewis, or, or second, third game back in Syria? He, he did, but then he's gone off it slightly since then so but his performances have been really good like he I thought he was I thought he was like excellent against uh, Real Madrid I thought he he was unlucky not to pick anything up there I thought he was really good against uh, Fiorentina in their recent match uh, they lost that 3-1 um but yeah I, I just think that you know with, without the without Osimhen he could potentially play higher up and Union Berlin they would they just fell apart against Braga um I think they did. They did. They lose that three two in the end. Yeah, I think they were two nil up. That was a hell of a game. Um, so yeah, I do think um, Shalia could be a good shout. Bryce Mendes already mentioned um, on the last pod. Two double digit hauls now. He's six point six million. Um, four assists and three goals in all competitions. It's quite cheap. Six point five, six point six million. Sorry, against Benfica, who again haven't exactly been fantastic. Leipzig. Probably the place to go to um, against Kavena Shvezda. So I mean, we <laughs> like Red Star <laughs> Belgrade. Yeah, Red Star <laughs> Belgrade. Let's stick with that. So I think if Olmo is fit, I I, I just think you you have to have him in. Um, if if he's going to play that game, and we find out he's, he starts, um, I I he's he's such an easy addition at seven million on penalties. I think it's easy to forget how good a player is once they've been out when when they've been out injured for a few months. He was just ridiculous. Um, he hit form, um, and it started against Bayern in the Cup, and he was just he, he was the talisman of Leipzig. So I think when he comes back, every every single player on the pitch benefits from that, including the likes of Raum, including the likes of Charlie Simons. Charlie Simons is actually without returning his last seven matches for club and country, which is an issue. Um, slightly concerned about his overall form. So Chavi Simons maybe wouldn't target him if Olmo wasn't back. I, I I think if he if Olmo isn't back, I think you just I, I would wouldn't be completely happy with Chavi Simons or at least bringing him in. I'll have you know 
Xavi Simons did get a return in the first game of the Champions League this season, which was man of the match. So there you go. Oh, yeah. He also <laughs> won a penalty, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Galano, again, Dan's already mentioned, um, great option, 6.6, 90 points in match day one. Foden, again, um, he's a bit of a troll for me, to be honest. I had him in the match day one, he didn't do anything, and then left him out match day two, he scored. Picked up player of the match, I think, got 10 points. So he looks like he's picked up a bit of form. He's obviously more relied upon now um, by Pep. Well, I say that, and he'll probably be dropped for the next match. But yeah, I think we've covered midfielders pretty well there. Brilliant. Okay, so there's your best midfielders for match day three. Let's go to forwards, um, just complete the set. We'll go to Dan, because obviously I mentioned Hoyland. Hoyland's a good pick, right? I mean, he, yeah. he seems to be... I mean, I, I, I made the joke... Uh, obviously, when Man United sign him, he's like a home bargains Haaland. But, I mean, he's doing quite well. Yeah, he's a really good player. Um, he started his career there quite lively. If not, again, as you sort of said earlier, with a bang. Um, but he's up against Copenhagen twice. And this is the sort of level of football that he's probably going to be used to, to playing as well. Being a Danish team. Um, so being a Scandinavian team, uh, more importantly. But, I, I mean, I've got him in my FPL team. I think he's actually going to do quite well for his price, stuff like that. I think, obviously, the big hitters, Harry Kane against Galatasaray, you kind of just want him. Haaland or Alvarez, pick your poison. Legitimately, I can't believe I'm actually saying it out loud, but it is, I think, now a pick your poison moment with how Haaland's performing versus his price. It's it's not like he's a cheap player. He's the most exp- giant, can, most expensive player in the game. Can I can I ask a question? With with Lewandowski and Osimhen injured, which we're going to talk about in a minute, the premium strikers have gone down from sort of four of Kane, Haaland, Lewandowski, Osimhen to two, Kane and Haaland. I'd so say is the, it... the Nissius Jr. is now back in that. And goal. he's back now. Okay, yeah. All right. This, yeah, and this, but... is my, this, is my, this is my question is, is what, what do we do? With that third slot, I think with it though, it, I, I do actually agree with you, Ed, in a sense that if you've if you've got no interest in Vinicius Junior, then who I do think again is an option, but he's with the way that he plays and the way that he wants to play versus this the system that Real Madrid are actually playing at the moment, he doesn't feel like he's going to be as explosive as what he what he could be, but he could still get a goal or whatever. And also with him being a forward now. And rightly so, he does play as a forward now. All of his points diminish. He gets one less point for a goal. He doesn't get his clean sheet points. Less likely to score from outside the box, things like that. Uh, that means that I do think there's real scope to go for your two premiums in a budget. And with that in mind, there's, you've got no excuse really not to go for Holland. I currently have awesome men in, and with him being out for so long, I think my goal is to try and get find the extra money to get Osimhen up to up to Haaland, which I don't think is going to be that difficult. So definitely there's not really been a a better time and worse circumstances to own Haaland, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, just in, but, but again, if you wanted to now stack your midfield, if you wanted Fernandez, if you wanted Odegaard, if you wanted Bellingham, if you wanted Sane, and then maybe two Ram, if you want all if you want to go big at the back. If, in terms of trying to nail these attacking returns from defenders. You could go Alvarez, Harry Kane, and then, in terms of some other forwards, uh, Hoyland, uh, Jimenez. We've already talked about Jimenez, I think, on the last podcast as a differential. And Isak. 
You could go for an Isak. Definitely go for an Isak. Again, it, uh, he's probably going to play, but I'm still petrified. He that. started He started both Premier, uh, Champions League games so far. And I feel like Wilson for Newcastle will start this weekend because I think he's fit. And Isak will be saved for the Dortmund. His old club, I think he'll be... He'll be, he'll be uh, do you, th- you see, I think Isak will get 60 minutes and subbed off. I don't think... I don't think Eddie will want him going into that game cold. Eddie doesn't Isak, o- Isak only needs sixty minutes. Yeah. Oh, you mean get, you mean at the weekend? Sorry. All, all, yeah, all. yeah, at the weekend. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So I think you'll get sixty minutes at the weekend. Wilson off the bench, Isak to start midweek, and then maybe Wilson to start the following weekend. Okay. I think for me personally, that's more like Eddie. How the issue? Like the issue post. with Newcastle attackers. Sorry, this isn't a Newcastle pod, but just the issue with Newcastle attackers because they are an interesting option in UCL fantasy at the moment. Is you just first of all you don't know who, if they're both fit you don't know who's going to start and second of all if one does start they're only going to play sixty five minutes because the other one's going to come on so that's the it's, issue with us. It's, it's, tricky. A, it's definitely a minutes thing. Uh, another, I think, sort of player that we've looked at quite a lot recently, but I think people will be put off because of the team is a Cardi at nine million. He's got Bayern Munich, but at home and Bayern Munich have just conceded to Copenhagen. Their keeper is honestly rubbish. Sorry if you listen to this, mate. Um, but he's not very good. And Bayern Munich just will never, ever learn how to defend. They, are, they aren't that team. but They're just geared up to play a certain way in the Bundesliga where they have to have nine outfield players attacking at any given moment. When it comes to the Champions League and they've got to revert back to some semblance of respect for an opponent, I'm not entirely sure if they're capable and Galatasaray is a very difficult place to go and play football. So I think there could be loads of goals in that game. I, I think it's a 2-2-3-3-4-3, something 3-2 mad like that. I, I read an article the other day talking about, sorry to interrupt, but I know sorry. people have complained about me interrupting, but uh, Galata- <laughs> uh, Zahar at Galatasaray apparently has been really good. Yeah, exactly. And, I, yeah. I think we missed. I don't know what position he is in the game because I, I ignored him at first on the game purely for the fact that he hadn't actually played for them yet. So let me just see what. I mean, he's a seven and a half million midfielder, Zaha. He's played eight, 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 eight games, two goals, and I think he's got a couple of assists as well. Um, and yeah, apparently it's not just that though. Apparently he's just he's just playing brilliantly so i'm not saying pick him i'm just saying interesting he's an option i think obviously you've got um actor coglu as well at six million who had who he's one of my scars of my wild card because i took him out and he obviously obviously returned um so that was a bit frustrating and in that first game he was a proper points dodger he could have had a hat trick before half time actor coglu so if if Bayern Munich give them that much space, then you can see joy for Galatasaray. I don't think that's a game to be put off their attacking players from at all. And once again, I will save some players for Lewis. Lewis, forwards. Anyone else? I mean, obviously Dan would have mentioned the vast majority, I'm sure, but anyone else we need to consider for match day three? Yeah, there's a few. Obviously, Harry Kane, you know, 18, 18 goal contributions um, so far this season. Only 18? It's already the 19th of October. That's, only, that's pathetic. <laughs> um, Lautaro Martinez at home for Inter. Um, he's been great this season, 11 goals, one assist, the 12 attack returns for, for him so far. Um, Luke De Jong for PSV against Long, um, 8.5 million I mean, he's on penalties, De Jong, he's got 13 goals and seven assists. So he's actually 
beaten Harry Kane in terms of attacking returns this season in all comps. So 20 goals and assists. Dan, don't you have him on your wild card? Is that right? Yep. Yep. I've got Luke de Jong on my team currently. I've got Harry Kane, Osman, and Luke de Jong as my three forwards. He got us five Sorry. points last week. I just wanted to point that out because that was a great... That, I know it's only five points, but good pick. Go on, yeah. Lewis. Um, again, Hoyland, uh, three goals in two matches for Manchester United. Coming up against, you know, as, as Dan mentioned, a, a weak defence and a really, really dodgy keeper. Vinicius Junior, um, he's back in the game now. He's back in the mix, 11 million. He was amazing in the last um, Champions League uh, fantasy game. He was, he was, he was a midfielder, but we also can't ignore how consistent he was. So we got seven goals, five assists. So we got. 12 returns in 12 matches um, last season. He obviously scored against Napoli. He got a goal and an assist against Osasuna. And he's coming up against a union, um, not a union, he's coming up against Braga next, who I think have conceded two in their, both of their matches so far, and they just don't look great. Another another one that, that might go under the radar is Alvaro Morata against Celtic. Celtic are very bad. Um, I know I keep saying this, but they are—they're not good. Um, they just concede. They might score, you know. They—they they might be good offensively, but they just can't defend. And Murat has also picked up a bit of form. He's got twelve goals in all competitions so far. So I think—I think if you're looking at—if you're looking at strikers and Murata, he should be right up there. To be honest. We, yeah, we, I think I think Dan. I think it was Dan, or maybe it was you, Lewis. I can't remember. Yeah. You mentioned Murata. Said maybe. before. It was basically for me on my wild card. It, I had to flip the coin. I, I, basically, it was between Maratta and De Jong. I wanted Maratta. However, Maratta got sent off in a league game uh, prior to the Champions League. It was two games prior. And then in the subsequent, in the, in the league game that followed when he was suspended, Korea scored two goals. So I, I was like, well, does Simeone now drop Korea after he's just banged mm. in a brace? And, and, Morata, and Morata got loads of points. <laughs> and Morata also scored, didn't he, four for Spain in a game or something? Recently? Yeah, that, yeah, I think that was the previous international break. Exactly. Um, so he's, he's in form. He is. Yeah. I, so I would have had Morata if he hadn't been sent off in that game because I knew he would have played. But, but once, or if he had have got sent off in Korea, hadn't have scored a bloody brace. Yeah. Still okay. Back that's, to you, Lewis. Sorry. That's it for me. That's yeah, that's it okay. for me in terms of forwards. There we go. So there are your top picks. We obviously will have, uh, we can't talk about everyone. We're trying to keep these uh, snappy, but injuries, let's just go over. We've mentioned quite a few of them. The injuries that we know of, because for example, Lewis mentioned to me just before we started the podcast, oh, Lewandowski's injured. I did not even know that. So Lewandowski is going to miss the next game and probably the next two games. Is that correct, Lewis? According I'm to the press. I'm sure, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that both him and um, him and him and um, Kunde Kunde. are both out. For and the, yeah, I think Pedri is also a doubt for this next game. If you've got him, random. Osimhen's going to be out for four to six weeks. I'm reading, so he's probably going to miss the next two Champions League games for Napoli. So if you've got him, you need to get rid. Is there anyone else we need to think about who's injured? Uh, um, so... Barcelona have got uh, Yamal and Rafinha also injured, as well as Frankie De Jong. I think. Okay, so Barcelona so, really yeah. struggling with injuries. Yeah, all right. Atletico yeah. Madrid have obviously Lamar's out. I think for a very long time. Like, I think he did. He did. He, like snapped his tendon or something. His Achilles tendon. 
Sorry, I appreciate you have lots of tendons. Sap is Achilles tendon. Um, Ronaldo's still out. Memphis Depay is still out. Jose Jimenez, I brought him in, not realizing he was injured. He had a he had a, like a secret injury, so that was really really frustrating. Um, Masrawi at Bayern Munich. Rafael Guerrero, Upa Meccano, maybe Kimmich. Kimmich's had the flu. So there's a couple there. Um, just trying to have a little look to see if there's any other major players that we might actually be considering in terms of the, the teams, or even if it affects the team. But I don't I think, think returns. In, in, in like kind of players returning from injury include the likes of Heinrichs, Olmo potentially. So there too, um, to definitely keep an eye on, as well as okay. Saka, who I think we'll expect to be be back. Brilliant. And again, we are pre-recording this, people. So if there's news that comes out after this, then we're sorry. Uh, but look at our Twitters if you want to find out. Look, particularly Lewis's, uh, which is what's your handle again, Lewis, on Twitter or X? It's at FPL Reaction. There you go. Go to him because he always posts the latest information. Even during a, a game week or match day, or whatever, every goal he'll post. So follow him. Um, let's move on. And just quickly, before we finish, let's go our plans, who we're thinking of captaining, and uh, then we'll end. So just, what are just our a, plans? Yeah, go just on. Just a quick one, Ed. Just a quick one in terms of injuries. I think Robin Gorsons is out until mid-November, mate. The def- what? The defender? The, Union the Berlin. wing back for Union Berlin has a hip oh injury and is out until mid-November, apparently. Oh dear. Okay. Well. So just to, you um, know, throw the cat yeah. amongst the pigeons with that one. But yes, yeah. in terms of plans. So uh, plans. I mean, so first of all, let's just answer because I genuinely don't know this. Is anyone playing a chip? So Lewis, are you playing a chip? Yeah, I'm playing a wild card this week. Okay. Dan, are you playing a chip? No. Okay. Let's start with you, Lewis. Lewis, your wildcard team at the moment. Who? What changes are you making, and why? And you, this can be two minutes, but just tell us, like, what are you thinking for match day three? Yeah. So, I mean, the template is pretty strong in the first place, isn't it? Right. So, I think a lot of it is kind of the likes of because I've got the likes of Lewandowski in my original team. Um, I've also got Alexander Barr, who's recently been injured, had injury problems at Banfica, the left back. I've also still got in Ivan Usic um, at Feyenoord. So there's, a, there's a kind of a lot of changes that I want to make, and I'm hoping potentially Olmo is back, so he could be another player to come in. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's a, there's a, quite a few changes I do want to make, and I'm not sat completely. Um, there just seems to be so many attacking options this week, and it's just kind of getting through the getting through the data and, and, and making a decision on the likes of midfield and, and strike. I'm, I mean, there are players that are completely locked into my wild card, like Harry Kane, Bellingham, Taram, um, but also there's a lot of players. Um, there's a lot of positions up for grabs too. Great. Dan, you're not playing a chip, so what moves are you thinking of making at this stage? Well, um, I need to see what the injury to Jimenez is like. If it's not too bad, then I'm good to keep him. Other than that, I'm thinking I'm going to be forced because I have Osman and Kunde. So I need to I need to move them around one way or another. I think money-wise, it's probably going to be Osman to Julian Alvarez or to Hoyland. 
depending on my stones. Um, and then Jules Kunde. I'll have to see who I fancy, but maybe maybe I could go back up to Di Lorenzo. Obviously, every player that I pick for this is, you know, within mind future game weeks. It's it's not just one one week punts. But I think those two have to be changed because they're injured. And that's that's about it. Jimenez, like I say, uh it could be worth a hit. I think if I'm gonna get a good player in that's gonna set me up for the next few weeks and Jimenez is definitely out, then I, I I think I feel fairly comfortable taking a four-point hit, personally. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, but they're, okay. they're the th- three main issues that I've got. Can I share a wildcard team with you and you comment? No. But... Nope. Well, that's all we've got time for today, unfortunately. Thanks. Yeah, no, I'm going to do it. So um, I've got Sommer and Relan Reufer. I've got yep. Shah, Gosens, who I might need to change, Dumfries, yes. Cancelo and Christensen. I've got Stengs, Turam, Galeno, Bellingham, and Siemens. And I've got Kane, Haaland, and Hoyland. I like the forwards. I really like the forwards. Not too sure about Simmons just yet. And mm, not keen on Stangs anymore either. Yeah. The first game, I mean, his next game's at home against Lazio, and then Simmons is home against Kravezna, Stavezda, or Red Star Belgrade. Um so they've got two home games. Yeah. I mean The issue is the issue is Ad, that there's so many good forward options now and they have just they're two options who have just dropped down the packing order for me. I personally you mean I just mid- think midfield it's... options, sorry. Yeah, yeah. What 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 would you would you change your mind if I said that this wasn't my wildcard team and that's just my team with two free transfers? Uh I'd say that's a very good team with two free transfers, Ed. I'm saving my wild card, boys. I'm not using. I know it. you are. We're just we're. We already know this, Ed. <laughs> yeah, you need. It's to a good team with no with no with no chip, right? Yeah, it is a really good team. You are going to have to change. I think obviously it's going to change ever so slightly in terms of you're going to have to address Robin Gorson's being out for a month. That would be a minus four, yeah. If unless I just leave him and then. And well, then who are you taking out? Who you who you? Uh, let's assume Gorson's was fit and healthy. Who were the players that you were taking out and who were the players that you were putting in for that team? Uh, Galeno I've brought in. For who? Uh, I think um, Oscar Glock. Yeah, decent. Okay, and what was the other? Hoyland, Hoyland, Hoyland. has come in for Lewandowski. Oh, you should have a fair bit of money then. Yeah, I have got a fair bit. I've got 3.5 million in the bank. Yeah, yeah, but, I probably... but but what I'm thinking is save the wild card because when I looked at my team, I just thought there's not many. If I play my wild card, I'm only making three, four, five changes max, and I don't have to make yeah. them. Let's save the wild card. Let's. I've got both chips. Let's just roll it and see what happens. I, I agree. I agree with that. I think that team as well can get you through match day five, and I think you could either blow your wild card on a match day six to just to attack it when there's lots of rotation. Or you can save it as a backup for the um, for the knockouts. One thing that you can get from a, a wild card in the knockouts is that you don't have to worry at all about your team in the round of sixteen. It's just literally two week punts. Obviously, if you, they're playing the same team twice, so it's like an extended one week punt. You don't have to think, oh well, you know, is this team going to go far in the competition yet when they've just got a whipping boy? Like if Man United went through and got a really poor 
pot like seeded two team or something similar like that. You don't have to worry about it. You can just pile in on them. Like I think whoever got Bruges last year in the round of uh, in the round of sixteen, you wanted them, but I can't I can't quite remember who it was. But I'm sure it was a team that you didn't actually want to be on there. So you could save your wild card for that. I think I will. There you go. Uh, let's go on captaincy. Uh, Lewis has dropped off the call, so I don't know what's going on there. But let's go captaincy. Um, Dan, who are you thinking about captaining? I mean, who are the standout captains for day one? I think, I mean, it's Harry Kane, isn't it? It's Hoyland. Who else? And it, uh, the the great thing about this game is you can obviously really go for captaincy with, with in, in sort of be risky in day one because you can change it. I think um, a really good captaincy for Tuesday is, in fact, Jude Bellingham. Braga are conceding goals. He's a midfielder. He's just such a consistent point scorer. 11 and 14. We saw what he did last year for Dortmund in the first four games. Braga are the leakiest team in that group, I think. So, for me personally, I, I think Bellingham is a really good match day one captain. If you did want to go for a risk versus reward, then captain a flying fullback, a Dumfries, a DeMarco, a Cancelo, uh, someone like that. I've got I've got Dumfries and Cancelo, so I'll I'll consider both. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think I think Bellingham. I think a lot of people will captain Harry Kane against Galatasaray. I'm not sure if that's the best the best play. To be uh, honest. And the f- and the fact of the matter is, you've got on the 25th, you've got people like Harlem playing. You've got Galeno playing. That's pretty much it, actually. It's not and that's it. I think I think Cancelo what... playing on the twenty fifth. Oh, okay, um, so yeah, I wouldn't captain Cancelo if he's on the twenty fifth. Then the the Inter boys are on the twenty fourth. Uh, what I would say is on that Wednesday, captain your Man City forward, your Haaland or your Alvarez, whichever one. I, th- you I think I think that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Haaland's my backup. I think he'll play. So I, I think that's my backup on the twenty fourth. I can go wild, and I think on the twenty fourth. Everyone, as you say, is going to captain Harry Kane, which I could. I've got him, but I think I might go Bellingham because he's just in such good form. It's just, cr- and you get more goals if a midfielder scores anyway. It's just mad. So I think yeah. I'm going to go for it. And and I if you, you know, if it fails, I've got Holland. So exactly, that's the thing. He's seventy seventy eight percent owned. You won't get anything from Bellingham unless you captain him. And if he fails, you just go to like the best strikers in the world. It's fine. Yeah, I think so. The only the only way that goes wrong is if obviously Kane gets a hat trick or something, which you very much could. Yeah, it could. It, look, but I mean, anything could go right or wrong in this game. That's why we love it. But my, my, my question, I suppose, is Harlan. Sorry, Kane is owned by th- only thirty two percent of players. Correct. Yeah, a third of the is, game on Kane. Is that does that not entice you a little bit more? And you go, oh, well, Kane is a good player. If you if you captain him and you. I mean, that's the point of risk versus reward, isn't it? I think Kane's a higher risk captaincy, probably with higher reward than Bellingham. His ceiling's much higher because Harry Kane can score a hat-trick. Bellingham's a bit more of a safer option. It depends on where you're at, what what you're trying to achieve, and it depends on what sort of player you are. I think think Kane, Bellingham, and Dumfries are probably the three best captaincy picks on the 24th. Uh, in terms of, of playing something a bit risky, but getting away with it. Okay. There we go. Um, thank you very much for listening. This might be a slightly longer episode than normal. Um, Lewis has dropped off the call because his internet's broken. He's just moved house, so there you go. But that's our plan for so match day three. We wish you the best of luck. 
um if you're in our league if you if you're not in our league look below in the in the um bio whatever what's it called the comments i don't know description um, description yeah that's it and you'll find the code so please join uh, there's a ps5 to win so that's what's very exciting and we'll be back to do a match day review who knows when we don't so yeah good <laughs> luck see you later dan and see you later everyone goodbye bye now Podcast Network.